everybody. Good evening, High Desert Word Center. How is everybody on a beautiful Wednesday night? Amen. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord tonight. Who's enjoying that the weather's getting just a little bit cooler for us? Yeah, come on. The Lord has heard our prayers and uh, the good times are ahead. Amen. Well, we're going to have a great time together tonight in the house of the Lord, worshiping and getting into the word. We also have communion tonight. It's our third Wednesday. And so anybody watching online, we invite you to join us at the end of the service as well. Okay, let's go ahead and stand up together tonight. We are going to open up by speaking some words of faith over the United States of America. And we're going to keep believing that our nation is coming to Jesus. Can we get an amen tonight? All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Amen. And you may be seated. All right. We're going to get into some announcements and stuff here. Uh, of course, we've got a lot going on. First of all, who came to the picnic at the park on Monday night? Anybody? Did we have a good time there? I got a few pictures on the screen. Doug, go ahead and you just whoop, let that go. But uh, we had an awesome time at H Street Park. And I just want to encourage you that when we do these events, this is a great opportunity uh, for you to meet other church members and, and get more connected, especially if you're newer to the family. And our goal is to give you every opportunity to surround yourself with good, godly friends and influences. Amen. So that was awesome. And then we're going to keep uh, reminding you about this. Super excited um, about uh, the new HDWC location. And we're really uh, pumped up about this. And we've got a few of our new family members tonight. I hope you don't mind me putting you on the spot. But this is Barbara and Melinda. And they're from the other uh, location over there. So let's make them feel welcome tonight. Yeah. We are, uh, we're excited and, uh, several were able to join us on Sunday. And the goal is this Sunday for everybody from over there to, to join us at the 10 a.m. service. And we just want to worship together and pray. And the target is, uh, to be able to start a Sunday morning service there October 1st. Uh, so we're just waiting on a final thumbs up, uh, from the, uh, leaders down the hill. And if they'll give us that, then we can get that service rolling on October 1st. So, uh, keep that in prayer. Uh, but lots of awesome things coming ahead with that, okay? So, uh, listen up. Tomorrow night is Servant Leadership Night. Servant Leadership Night at 7 p.m. And this is an opportunity for uh, anybody that's interested in, in uh, uh, helping out more or, or just, you know, being more involved with the church. Uh, we go over some of the business and things like that. We do this once a month. We'll probably be talking a lot about Harvest Fest tomorrow night. So, 7 p.m. in Victor. 
Victory Hall next door tomorrow night. If you want to be a part of servant leadership, uh, this is a great chance for you to, to come and learn a little bit more, get a little bit more involved, and it's going to be absolutely great. And speaking of Harvest Fest, that is coming up right around the corner. Who's excited for Harvest Fest, everyone? So it's going to be Friday, October 27th, and you know that this is our main event of the whole year. Uh, we've got a lot going on um, to, to uh, get prepared for this. So the candy bins are out there by the info booth, and to keep reminding you, one of the buckets is for the children's side. The other bucket is for the youth group side. They have a competition every year. Whoever brings in the most candy uh, wins bragging rights for a year, okay? And they're also doing a change war. And so if you want to bring in uh, coins, again, it's teenagers versus uh, children's ministry. Whichever side brings in the most gets a pizza party. So this is uh, one way that we're raising funds for it. And then uh, I'm personally super excited about this. Friday night is the taco drive through dinner. Somebody should say amen right now. Come on. Yeah. And so that's this Friday night. All of the proceeds go towards Harvest Fest and uh, the, the, it's uh, $12 for an adult plate. You get three tacos, rice and beans, and then kids plates, two tacos, rice and beans uh, for $8. Uh, so uh, the tickets though tonight, they told me is the last night to buy tickets. So uh, go back there to the Harvest Fest table. Look, hey, Cletus, give us a wave. I just like to put Cletus on the spot. Come on, wait. brother, don't do this to me. Wave your hand, man. Cletus. Yeah, the, hey, everybody, it's Cletus. Let's hear it for Cletus. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, that's Cletus, and he's standing by the Harvest Fest table, and so is Megan. And anyway, uh, if you want some more information about some of the fundraisers or to get your tickets to the taco dinner, uh, go there after service. And then one more announcement. We have our intentional parenting class starting in just a couple of weeks, all right? So we're going to pass the sign-up sheet around. We've got 14 families signed up already, so that's super awesome. But this class is is a parenting class to help you come up with a game plan for your parenting, okay? And and, and it's, uh, it's, there's some humor involved. It's a really uh, interactive small group class. Uh, Lawrence and Leah Mata will be leading it for us, but it's going to be um, every Sunday in October. So there's five Sundays. Every Sunday in October from 4 to 5.30 p.m. The cost is $30 and that gets you the books and uh, the materials for the class. Now to pay, there is a QR code back there at the info booth. Uh, so if you scan that QR code, you can pay online and that's just the easiest way to do it. So anyway, uh, if you've signed up, go ahead and pay. And we're going to need to order some more books because we only had 10 and we've got 14 signed up so far. So we will get some more books in. All right. Well, I think that's all of the announcements for tonight. So who knows what time it is now? Yes, amen. God loves a cheerful giver. So we're going to do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. Hallelujah. Somebody said, praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, hold up your hands. You need an envelope for your tithes and for your offerings. And open up your Bible to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2.
Okay, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2 says, For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. Now look at this next sentence. But the word preached did not profit them. Wow. The word preached did not profit them, not be mixed with faith, yet then them heard it. Thank you. Thank you. I got my coach helping me, so <laughs> that works really well. It says, not be mixed with faith in them that heard it. How many here know that tithing is in the Bible? Multiple places. And tithing is not just something we do because it's like paying bills. Tithing comes from God, and he's got promises with it. He tells us we bring the tithe into the storehouse, that he opens the windows of heaven on our life. Amen? He rebukes the devourer for us. And then also... In Luke, Jesus said, when we give, it's given unto us good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, those things I'm telling you is the gospel. That's the gospel talking. That's the word preached, and you hear it all the time. But it says that the word preached will not profit you if you don't mix faith with what you hear. And we know, I'll give you an example. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Well, when you hear that preached, if you're not saved yet, it says your part is called upon the name of the Lord. You use your faith to do something. You use your mouth. You call upon the name of the Lord. Say, Jesus, I believe in you, etc. And then the Bible also says, in the city second book, you call for the elders of the church. And so the word preached is, if you're sick, call for the elders. And then the elders do their part. The prayer of faith shall heal the sick. And you're mixing faith with it because you make the call. You're asking for help. You come out. And so when it comes to tithes and offerings, you need to always mix faith with your tithing, with your offering. Now, how do you do that? Jesus taught us that faith comes by hearing. And so when you hear it taught about uh, tithes and offerings, you're hearing. So you have faith to be a tither and give offerings. And then Jesus taught us that also faith is what you believe in your heart. And then what you confess with your mouth. He tells us to talk to mountains, tell mountains be removed. He says that's how your faith works. And so faith for tithes and offerings is real simple. You know, the Bible says God wants you to. And then he says it's not just like paying a bill. You're not pulling up to the pay window. The banker said, I want to pay this bill today. You're not getting on your phone and pushing a button and say, I've got to pay this today, and it's done. Tithing is a holy thing. Amen. It's a Bible thing. And so when you, whether you're paying online or you're actually in person bringing a tithe up to the offering bucket, just real simply, just from your heart, Say things like, Lord, I want to thank you. My family's blessed. I want to thank you, Lord. You promised me that if I would faithfully pay my tithes, you got your hand on my family. You rebuke the devourer. Windows or heavens are open. Doesn't make any difference what gas is right now, but you're the one supplying all of my need. Lord, I want to thank you for doing that. And you're mixing faith with your giving, and the word will profit you then. Amen. You see what I'm saying? And so I know on Wednesday nights we go kind of quick at this, but no matter what's going on, always know that tithes and offerings is a thing between you and Jesus. And so make sure you always talk to him about it, what you're doing like that, and the word will profit you. Amen? Amen. Well, let's stand up. Make our financial faith confession. And then I, I always want to remind you, you're welcome to stay up here at the altar of worship. If you come up here, uh, you're welcome to stay up here and worship. And remember this. Even if you tithe online, you come up here as, as, a, as an act of worship to Jesus and step here at the altar of worship with us. Get up here you know, a little bit closer where the anointing is a little stronger. 
But let's make this financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finded money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for being all my financial needs, so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give ministry in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Like the pastor said, feel free to join us at the altar for worship. And the band has a night off tonight, so if you can, let's just clap our hands and sing extra loud tonight. Come, let us worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For your promise is yes and amen. You will do great things. God, you do great things. Let's sing that. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the light. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great things. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. Let's sing that again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, above it all. Hallelujah, God, unshakable. Hallelujah, you have done great things. You've done great things. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquered the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance in your freedom, awaken the life. 
Oh Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great things. You have done great things. God, you do great things. word church And I know 
songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You were faithful. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. We love you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Who knows tonight that the Lord has always been faithful to us. Amen. He made a promise. He said, I'll never leave you or forsake you. And we know that he's kept that promise in our life. And so no matter what it is we're going through, he's got us. Amen. Let's just raise our hands one more time. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and mercy and endures forever. And Lord, we are grateful that you've never left us alone. There's never been one moment that we've been alone, but you've been by our side every step of the way. And Lord, I pray that as we open up our Bibles tonight and get into your word, Lord, that you would speak to us, Lord. You would show us the truth that we need. And we thank you that we are growing and getting stronger in our faith as we cling to you. We love you. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen tonight? Amen. All right. Let's give him some praise. Why don't you give somebody a nice high five or a, a fist bump or a handshake or something? Amen. Spread a little love up in this place tonight. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well, we are going to be getting into the word together this evening. Amen. And uh, if any of the kids that are in the second grade and up, they're going to be dismissed to their class now. So the teachers are back there by the lobby, second grade and up. They can go over uh, to their class now and uh, the teachers will take them over there. Amen. All right. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to get into the word tonight. And um, I started preaching a few uh, weeks ago on a topic and I didn't intend for it to turn into a series. I thought it was going to be a one night deal, but it's kind of turned into a series. So uh, we're just going to keep rocking and rolling with this thing until uh, until we've hit the target on it. But tonight is going to be part three of signs of being lukewarm. Signs of being lukewarm. And uh, and we'll, we'll look at our text here tonight out of Revelation 3. And uh, I'm sure if you are familiar with this at all, you know that uh, being called a lukewarm Christian is not a compliment. You understand that, right? That That's not a good thing. It's one of the worst things that we can be. And we'll see what Jesus had to say about it here. So let's open our Bibles together to Revelation chapter 3, and we're going to look at verses 15 and 16, all right? Who's excited for the Word of God tonight? Amen. Revelation 3, and we're going to look at verses 15 and 16, and here's where we get this phrase of a lukewarm Christian. It's not something that we just made up because we didn't have anything better. Uh, it is literally from the words of Jesus. And so in uh, the book of Revelation, as we've kind of discussed already, there are seven letters written to seven churches, and to each of these churches, uh, you know, there's uh, some things that they're doing good, and then there's some things that they need to change. And this this right here is uh, the letter written to the church of Laodicea. And so Revelation chapter 3 and verse 15, the Lord says, I know all the things you do, that you are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were one or the other. 
But since you are like lukewarm water, neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. Now, that's not a very encouraging verse. Nobody wants to hear Jesus say, hey, you make me want to puke. That's not what you want to hear from the Lord, right? No, of course not. We want to hear, hey, you're doing it, man. Well done, good and faithful servant. But right here, he tells us very specifically that somebody that's neither hot for God nor cold for God, they're just complacent. They're mediocre. They're just, you know, lazy about it. Whatever the case may be, uh, it does not sit well with Jesus. And in fact, he goes so far as to say, I'd rather you just be cold than lukewarm. And, and that's something we can discuss uh, further in, uh, in some upcoming times. But tonight, I want to get into this. We're going to be focusing specifically regarding lukewarm in the area of your mouth and your words. And you're like, well, what's that all about? Well, one great way to take your spiritual temperature is by checking the words coming out of your mouth. Now, could we perchance maybe reflect on some of the words that, that come out of our mouth and say that probably could have been said differently. Have you ever been there? Or maybe, uh, yes, okay, thank you. We got some honesty over on the south end of the building. Okay. And, and so maybe, uh, maybe you could, you could, uh, reflect on some of your words and say, you know what? That's coming out, but that's not really what I want to be coming out of my mouth. And as we'll see here in just a little bit, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but a very accurate way to take your spiritual temperature is to check out the words that are coming out of your mouth. And so we're going to look at three different areas tonight uh, with this before we get into communion. And I just want you to examine yourself. And this is, again, this these are some signs uh, of growing lukewarm and not being where we need to be as a Christian. All right. So number one, let's go. Who's ready? I knew it. I knew it. Let's go. Number one. Okay. A sign of being lukewarm is you regularly criticize other Christians. Yeah, good answer. Okay, it's like we do like family feud around here. Survey says, even if it's a bad answer, you still clap because we're part of the family. You, you've watched the show, right? Somebody? No? Okay. <laughs> so, but okay, thank you. It was a good answer. All right. So, a sign of being lukewarm is you regularly criticize other Christians. Now, we know that there's a time and a place where a mature believer can help guide another believer when they see them struggling in an area. That's a good thing. I mean, we need that sometimes. And that's a good and healthy thing because it's coming from a good heart. We understand that. But that's not the intentions of the lukewarm Christian. Uh, uh, they're just so uh, focused on everybody else's life that they're not paying attention to their own. And in fact, their nose is in everybody else's business. And that means their nose is not in the world. Word of God where it should be. Can we get an amen on that tonight, right? And, and so, and so one thing I've, I've also noticed about people uh, who don't really do anything for the Lord, okay, I know you don't know anybody like that, but, but people that don't actually do anything to contribute to the kingdom of God is they're always critical of people that actually do something for the Lord. Amen? And and that's a sad thing to see. The, 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 the people that are non-contributors in the kingdom of God 
criticizing the people that actually do contribute to the kingdom of God. How many, uh, how many armchair quarterbacks do we have in the house tonight? I can call names out. We know who you are. Amen. I play fantasy football with most of you. And so, uh, <laughs> but, but I compare this to like uh, a man that's an armchair quarterback. Listen, we've all been there. Well, most of us have. You're, listen, you're sitting at home in your recliner, throwing hot wings down the hatch, yelling at the TV at the quarterback that's making $400 million a year to do his job. And there's a reason why you're eating hot wings. And there's a reason why he's out there making the big bucks. Because he's, he actually knows what he's doing and you don't. You think you do. You think you do. And, and, and I think about that uh, because there's Christians that sit in church and literally do nothing yet have the audacity to critique the people that actually are doing something. And it's not just Christians that are in church, but I know a lot of Christians that don't even go to church and yet tell you how to run a church. And I'm like, well, you maybe know more if you actually went to one, and then I would consider listening to your opinion. But uh, listen, if you aren't actually helping the team work, you've lost your right to have an opinion. I don't care about your opinion if you aren't a contributor in the kingdom of God. I, I remember several years ago, this kind of made me laugh because I've heard other pastors talk about it. And then I was like, oh, yeah. But we made a, you know, not a major, but a, a financial decision at church. And the only two people that complained were people that never gave in the offering anyway. And I was like, <laughs> what do you care, man? You don't contribute anything. And I don't, you know, I'm not talking about money tonight, but it's just funny that the people that actually do contribute, like, they, didn't, they don't care. They're, they're just serving God, man. And they're excited to see the kingdom of God advancing. But the only people that complain are usually people that don't actually do anything. And why is that? Well, when you're lukewarm, you've got a lot of extra time on your hands. You're not doing anything productive anyway, so. Am I being mean tonight? <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, man, Wednesday night. Okay, it's like voting. Let's just go. It's like voting. If you don't actually show up to vote, then you don't have the right to complain about what the elected leaders are doing anyway. Right? I mean, hey, you didn't contribute. I had a, a buddy that he's like, well, I don't vote. I don't want to sign up. That's how you get jury duty. And I'm like, man, stop that. <laughs> they have your name anyway. Um, no, seriously, though. Uh Lukewarm Christians criticize other Christians because they aren't focused on what they're supposed to be focused on. I remember an example of me back in 2017, Hurricane Harvey hit Houston, Texas, and, and it was a really bad hurricane. I think price-wise, it's still the price, you know, the most expensive, uh, uh, tropical disaster that's taking place. Anyway, whatever. So I, I, this happens, and, and and it just shocked me because I started seeing people that I thought were mature Christians out of nowhere blasting a certain preacher in Houston, and it was Joel Osteen. And I'm not here to, you know, this isn't my endorsement of him or my coming against him. This is just saying, shut your mouth, man. You don't talk about a man of God like that. And so... I saw people from all over the place like, how dare him? He's a fraud. This whole city got hit by a hurricane. He didn't even open his doors to let a million people come in. And then it turns out, they found out like two days later, he couldn't let them in because his church flooded and they all would have drowned in there anyway. And so I kind of took note of that. And, and again, it's not that I'm the president of his fan club, but at the same time, I'm like, 
all these people that were on, you know, friends of mine that were coming against this guy because, you know, he wasn't doing enough in their opinion. Uh, the truth of the matter is, if I were to look at their lives, I can pretty much guarantee you not a one of them has ever actually led somebody to the Lord. And so I'm like, I don't really care. I don't value your opinion that much for somebody that maybe isn't perfect or whatever, but has done a whole lot more for Jesus than you have until you contribute and get in the game. Your criticism doesn't hold much weight. And why are we talking about this? Because lukewarm Christians are always telling everybody else how they could do better instead of saying, God, how could I do better? And and, and somebody that's got a heart that's on fire for God, they don't have time to worry about your business because they're on their knees saying, Jesus, I want to do better. I want to grow stronger. I want to be more like you. Amen? I want you to see something here tonight in James chapter 4. James 4. And we're going to look at a couple of verses there this evening. James chapter 4, and uh, we're going to look at verse 11, James 4, verse 11. And so, you know, listen, we're talking about being lukewarm, and I know this much, that no on fire, I mean, growing, strong, mature Christians that I know have their nose in everybody else's business, critiquing and criticizing and messing with everybody else's life. I don't know any... Christians that I look up to that are like that, but I know a lot of people that have a pure heart for the Lord that are saying, how could I change? How can I do better? James 4, verse 11, and it tells us, don't speak evil against each other, dear brothers and sisters. If you criticize and judge each other, then you're criticizing and judging God's law. But your job is to obey the law, not to judge whether it applies to you. And so I know for me, I have no business criticizing others. And I certainly have no business criticizing God's word and God's law. You know that tonight that you couldn't have written a better Bible than he did. You know, we are in agreement on that, right? Like you couldn't have improved. Good. Okay. Listen, you couldn't have done better. The Bible is perfect and complete. And when I go around criticizing everybody else, I'm disrespecting that. And so a lukewarm Christian, they're always looking at everybody else. And, And actually, I remember one time a youth pastor called me out when I was 14 and embarrassed me. And now I'm really glad that he did because I deserved it. I was being stupid. And sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes you just need a little bit of called out. Amen. And, uh, and so I, we were at a, uh, Josh and I, my brother, Pastor Josh, we were at a, uh, a church convention and, and, you know, we were, uh, we were little rock and rollers. We had a garage band and, uh, you know, we played some power chords on the guitar. And so anyway, they, they, well, a youth pastor came up and was like, man, isn't this worship awesome? Aren't you guys just loving this? And we were, I was like, you know what, man, I got to tell you, there's not enough reverb in those guitars for me. I could use a little more bass. You know what I'm saying? And, and he just looked at me like, huh? And, and, and he called me out. He's like, listen, it, it's not about the reverb in the guitar. It's not about the bass. We're, I thought we were singing to Jesus in there, not trying to rock and roll. And, and, and he said, listen, if, if they had just brought out some hymnals and sang out of that, I could have worshiped God with all of my heart and had a great time. You need to check your heart. And I mean, you know, I, I didn't love that at the moment, but it helped me grow because I was like, you know what? Yeah. 
how, who am I, little 14-year-old punk, <laughs> to be criticizing people that are worshiping Jesus and leading others into his presence? And so I received that correction. I shouldn't have done that. And I've learned from it. And so sometimes if we can catch ourselves that we've been critical of others, maybe this is a sign that our heart has not been where it needs to be and it's been growing a little bit lukewarm. All right, number two, let's go here. Oh, this is a fun one. Yeah, hey, let's go. Number two, gossip is a regular part of your life. Amen. All right, I'm gonna switch microphone. Sign. There we go. And I can get real loud with this mic, so look out. <laughs> but another sign of being lukewarm is gossip becomes a regular part of your life. And, and, and listen, when I talk about gossip, I'm talking about either speaking the gossip or listening to the gossip, because if gossip doesn't have an ear to go into, it doesn't go very far. And so from what I can tell, uh, the person that sits there and listens is just as guilty as the person that's speaking it out of their mouth. Amen. And I, I think about it this way. Uh, you know, uh, it, it's wrong and it's a crime to steal goods from somebody. But did you know it's also a crime and it's wrong to receive stolen goods from somebody. You're in trouble too. And you may say, well, I'm not the one that started it, uh, but you received it, didn't you? You partake, You were a partaker of the situation. And by law, you are a guilty party to it also. And when it comes to gossip, again, this is a very high sign. I mean, if there was a top level sign that you're a lukewarm Christian or you're not where you need to be with God, Gossip is going to be, I mean, way at the top of this list. I'll promise you that right now. But honestly, if people feel comfortable spreading gossip to you, if they feel comfortable spreading that to you, that's a pretty scary thing. Now, it, you know, it's one thing uh, if it's a one-time thing and somebody comes and like, did you hear this about her, girl? And she puts it in your ear and you say, no, I don't want to hear that. Uh, that's one thing. But I'm going to tell you right now, if people continuously bring it to you and you don't shut that down, that's not saying very much about your character. Amen. Let's go. That wasn't a popular. Okay. Uh, Proverbs 26, 20. Can we go there tonight? Yeah, man. I love it whenever we talk about gossip. It just gets so quiet, you know. It's quieter than my house because I've got a house full of kids. And so if I just come over here with you guys, and amen. So Proverbs 26, and we're going to look at verse 20. Proverbs 26, 20. Now, the book of Proverbs is absolutely full of verses that discuss the danger of gossiping. And, um, and, you know, we don't have time to look at all that, at all of them tonight, but we're going to look at eh, maybe a couple here, Proverbs 26 and verse 20. And so, as we said, if your ear isn't open to gossip, it, I mean, that puts a pretty quick stop to it right there, but check this out. It says fire goes out without any wood and quarrels disappear when gossip stops quarrels disappear. And so if you'll squash gossip and keep it away from you, you will be amazed that there's no drama and quarrels and strife in your life. If you will stop gossip in its tracks, 
you would be shocked at the amount of drama that that cuts out of your life. Does anybody here, you actually you enjoy drama? Good, good answer. You, you did good on that. <laughs> Listen, of course you don't. No, well, I'm, I, I, I do know some people that do enjoy drama, but they, you know, praise God, they're not here. But I'm telling you that if you will take away the wood from the fire of gossip, it puts a quick end to it, and it doesn't affect your heart. And, you know, some people think, well, gossip isn't that bad of a sin. Actually, it's pretty high on the list of things God hates. Then somebody else would say, well, God doesn't hate anything. Actually, yes, God hates some things. And and Proverbs 6, 19, uh, let's go over there real quick. Proverbs 6, because Proverbs 6 uh, gives us a list of things that God hates. And in fact, it says seven are an abomination to him. And I mean, you know, this doesn't sound like something that you want to hear about every single day, but I'm going to go to the end of this list. So we're in in Proverbs chapter 6. Now the list starts in verse 16, but I'm going to cut down to the bottom here in verse 19. Proverbs 6, verse 19, things that God hates. It says, a false witness who pours out lies. Look at this. A person who sows discord in a family, a person who sows discord in a family. So that, that's sowing strife. That's sowing fighting and drama and, 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 and gossip. And how do you sow discord into a family? With words, with words. And it's a very destructive thing. Again, we're talking about lukewarm Christians here, but I've noticed for some people that gossiping is nearly an addiction. I love how quiet it is in here tonight, man. This is great. <laughs> Listen, no, seriously, for some people, they seem to get a chemical rush in the brain when they think that they're hearing the latest juice on someone else's life. And that... Listen, I get it if you're just somebody out in this world that just doesn't even live for the Lord. But if you are somebody that says they live for Jesus, if you're a child of God, you should not get an adrenaline rush or, a you know, whatever the rushes are that you get when you hear like oh man really i want to hear what's going on you should not want to hear it and in fact sometimes people come up to me hey did you hear about this over here nope and i don't want to yeah well you're the preacher you ought to want to know i don't want to know man i know enough crazy things already that i don't need anything else crazy going on in my brain wait i said that i'm sorry my bad my bad um but i know this much that if this is an addiction, and I believe that it is for some people, you need to break that addiction over your life in the name of Jesus. It will absolutely hurt your life. And even beyond that, you always reap what you sow. Always. You will always reap what you sow. And so if you're part of the rumor mill, guess what? You're, it's going to eat you. You're going to end up being the next topic at some point. And then you're going to say, well, that's not fair. You have no right to get mad at that point. You're simply reaping the seeds that you have sown. It's the Bible working in real time. You always reap what you sow. And so a red hot on fire for God Christian does not mess around with gossip. They hate gossip because they love what God loves and they hate what God hates. And I found this much out. The closer you get to God, the more the things that he hates begin to turn your stomach to. You just don't want 
anything to do with it. Have you noticed that? That the closer you get to God, there's just some things like, oh, man, I don't, I don't even want to be around that. And I've, I've told this story a bunch of times, but it's kind of, you know, where I, I exited the gossip world because I used to live in it, okay? And so back when I was 19 and Pastor Katie and I had first got married, um, I, I had a job where I was working at a place called Hardee's. You're like, well, what's that? Well, it's the Carl's Jr. of the Midwest, all right? You know, don't you? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Shannon knows. She's been out there. And so, you know, it, it's the same thing but better. But anyway, so I was out there, and I worked at Hardee's. And it, I, I showed up every day to gossiping from all of the other employees. And it was, and you know, to be fair, it was me and just a whole bunch of ladies, all right? And so, well, you know, I'd show up every day, and, and I mean, they always had the latest tidbits on anybody and everybody. And like, did you hear about her? Did you hear? And I'm like, no, what? And they tell me, and I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. And, and I mean, next thing, you know, it's so embarrassing, but, but I started, you know, so I would show up like, did you see what she wore last night? I saw her at Walmart and she was there with all five of her kids, blah, 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 blah. And, and, and I just started getting into this as a 19 year old male. And so I noticed that the more that I, you know, rode on the gossip train, the more miserable I got. And I would show up to work in a foul mood, and I would leave in a foul mood, and I just couldn't take it anymore. And finally, I'm like, man, listen, why do I just, why is it like this? What, what, what's going on here? And the Lord really pointed out to me, man, you're a gossip, dude. He didn't call me dude, but if he did, you know what I'm saying. So, so you're a gossip. And, and it convicted me. I, I was raised better than that, man. My parents, they taught me to stay away from drugs and alcohol and all this stuff. And they also taught me to stay away from gossip because it's nearly just as dangerous. Amen. It'll shipwreck you spiritually. And God hates it, according to Proverbs 6. And so I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And so I showed up to work, and sure enough, the ladies all gathered around. Hey. And so, you know, and so they, 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 they started up, man. They fired it up. And I was like, you know what? Honestly, I, I, I don't want to talk about people anymore. And I told them, you know, this is gossip. And they said they were Christians, but I don't know. And so that, I was like, I, 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 I'm not going to do this anymore. And, and it made them angry. And, and they're like, well, it's not gossip if it's true. Huh? What? If it's somebody else's business and it's not your business, then it's gossip. And so, I, I mean, I, I was done. I, I got off the ride, and I never want to be on that roller coaster again. It's miserable. And so I'm pretty sure I was the next topic of conversation after that. But it's okay. You know, whatever. It doesn't matter. But you have to make a determination if, have you been gossiping at work? Have you been gossiping at church, at school, at home? Have you been talking about other people? And it's not stuff that you would say if they were standing right there. You are a lukewarm Christian. James chapter 1, verse 26. James 1, verse 26. Amen. You know I love you guys, right? I swear I do, man. I love you so much. James 1. And we're going to look here at verse 26. Now, we know that the book of James has a lot to say about our words, a lot. 
and it, it, it cautions us um, about using foul language. It cautions us about uh, fighting with other people. But bottom line right here, James 1, verse 26, it says, If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Mm. Let's read that one more time. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are fooling yourself, and your religion is worthless. Now, in this context, religious is referring to someone who thinks that they're a mature believer. And if you think you're mature, yet you can't control your mouth, if you can't stop talking about everybody else, it says right here that it's all worthless and basically a fraud. And that sounds so harsh, but we're trying to help people not get into this realm of being lukewarm in their faith. I mean, Jesus said, I'd rather you be cold than lukewarm, but I don't even want to be cold. I, I want to be hot. Amen. I want to be hot in my faith for the Lord. And that's what we're aiming at right here. And so let's get to number three. And it's this, we're talking about our words and guarding them. And, and, and this is a great way to take your spiritual temperature. Number three, you speak words of doubt instead of faith. You speak words of doubt instead of faith. And I've caught myself going this route before, man. And I believe that we all have. But one of the best ways to judge the state of your heart is by the words that are coming out of your mouth. Matthew 12, 34. Let's go there real quick. Matthew 12, 34. And Jesus gave us a key to some spiritual understanding right here. Matthew chapter 12 and verse 34. Is anyone receiving from the word of God tonight? You still glad you came on a Wednesday? Huh? Huh? Yeah? No? Okay. Matthew 12. And we're going to look here at verse 34. Matthew 1, 2, 3, 4. And it, Jesus, man, oh, this is a hard-hitting chapter, my friends, but we're just going to read verse 34. Matthew 12 and verse 34. Who knows that Jesus is full of love and mercy and compassion? Amen. Matthew 12, 34. You brood of snakes. Same Jesus that's full of love and compassion and mercy. I mean, man, would you like it if Jesus said, man, you're a snake? I would especially not like that. I really don't like snakes, but that's a different topic for a different day. And so he says, you're a brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Whatever's in your heart determines what you say. Or the King James says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so if you hear fear and doubt and negativity coming out of your mouth all the time, it's time to do a checkup from the neck up and say, what is going on right here? Why, why is this? And somebody would say, yeah, I mean, listen, believe me, I'm strong in faith, but I, I know I say this stuff all the time, but I'm strong in faith. Well, listen, what's on your heart comes out of your mouth. And if it's constant negativity, constant, you know, doubt and fear, don't say that, no, but in my heart, man, I just got bulldog faith, man, I'm ready to go. No, 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 no. Listen, that would be coming out of your mouth. And that's not a judgmental statement. That's simply what 
Jesus said right there. And this is something, I check myself on this, man, because I know that in my best seasons with God, I don't even have to go around forcing myself to speak the word, forcing myself to say positive things and speak faith. It just naturally, man, it just comes out of my mouth. If the word is in here, it's going to come out of your mouth. If doubt and fear are in here, it will come out of your mouth. It's easy. Just find out what's really on somebody's heart. They'll talk about it. It's a Bible fact. Jesus said it. And, you know, you talk to some guys, and all they can talk about is football and sports and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, man, why is that all they talk about? They got a hold of their heart. Some people, all they talk about is their money and, and how they need more and bigger and better. Why is that? Money got control of their heart. Some people, all they want to talk about is the love of their life, boo-boo, baby, whatever you call them these days. I don't know. But anyway, so, you know, all they want to talk about is that. <laughs> and they're like, well, man, why won't he ever talk about nothing else? Because she got a hold of his heart. And then some people, all they want to talk about is Jesus. And you know what? If all you want to talk about is Jesus, you will rub lukewarm Christians the wrong way. Who does he think he is? My God, we get it. We, we love the Lord, but take a break, man. <laughs> you know, and, and you hear stuff like this. I like that. Don't get me wrong. I like her, but it's like, man, she's really, all she talks about is the Bible and stuff. And, and I get it. You just can't be so heavenly minded. You're no earthly good. She won't talk about nothing else. Well, listen, there's a reason that another Christian nonstop talking about the Bible would make you uncomfortable because the heat and the fire coming out of their heart, it rubs you the wrong way. I know that's never happened to you, but I've seen this happen, amen? And so, you know, so, so check yourself. And we've got a good opportunity right now, man. I caught myself today. I was driving down the street, drove past the gas station. It said 619. And I said, Ugh. <laughs> I said something there. I was like, man, what is this? Why is this? And then I stopped myself. I said, no, my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Amen. I refuse to contribute to the problem. And even if gas was even more than that, listen, God would supply the need. Amen. He's got me. And, and so guard yourself with this inflation and, and all these crazy things taking place. Listen, I get it. Nobody likes some of this stuff we're seeing. It stinks when you're feeding the house full of kids and taking them to 25 soccer practices a week. Amen? But, but listen, you stop yourself. Don't you speak those nasty words. You say, no, God will supply all of my needs. You know, don't don't say dumb things like, oh, there's always more month than money. We always run out around here. I tell you that right now. Stop that. Has speaking negativity and doubt and fear ever helped you overcome your situation? No. And so here's a test. We're getting ready to wind things down. Here's a test for you, all right? Only you can take this test for yourself. You can't take it for your neighbor, though I know some of you would love that. Judge yourself, amen? So listen, how have your words been lately? For the situations that you're facing, how have your words been? Have they been faith-filled or doubt and negative-filled? What you've been saying about your kids? What you've been saying about your spouse? About your job? 
Listen, hey, listen, we're, we're amongst friends here. We're amongst family. We can get real, but I'm serious. Listen, we're asking you to test yourself. And I've had to do this, man. It's like, you know what? What has been coming out of my mouth? And if it's been nothing about, man, I can't believe these prices. Man, I can't believe this guy over here. Man, I can't believe this and that. And here they go. Listen, stop. Speak words of faith over the situation. One last verse. We're going to get into communion after that. Mark 11, 22 and 23. You knew I was going there. You already knew it, so don't be surprised. Mark 11, 22 through 23 in the King James. Love it in the King James. Mark 11, 22 through 23. This is an absolute excellent test for us to take and see where we're at with our words. Mark 11 and verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, have faith in God. He's talking to the disciples right here. This is not the deepest thing that Jesus ever said to them. This sounds like the most basic thing. But I'm telling you, if these guys that rolled with Jesus side by side every single day were at a place where he said, boys, listen, have faith in God. You gotta trust him. You gotta believe him. And then he goes on to say this. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He shall have whatsoever he saith. Our words are powerful. Proverbs eighteen twenty one tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. And so I'm telling you right now, check your heart. If it's been nothing but just negative and doubt and fear and worry and anxiety and stress, what's going on there? Is that a judging you statement? No, that's a helping you statement. Because even if I'm going through something that is anxiety and stressful and all of that, that may be going on in my life. I don't want that going on in my heart. Proverbs 4.20 says to guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. And so you could sit here and defend and say, yeah, I've been saying a lot of junk lately, but you don't know what I'm going through. Hey, I get it, man. I get it. We've all gone through some stuff. But listen, you better stop those words right now or it's going to get into your heart and that will affect the entire course of your life. If you want to be on fire, hot for the Lord, Guard the words out of your mouth. Amen? Because whatever's in the heart does come out of the mouth, and we've got to get control of that and start speaking some faith over the situation. Can we say amen tonight? Amen. Uh, so I'm gonna, Pastor Josh is going to come up, but I was going to close out with one quote that I heard from Joyce Meyer. She said, if we want God's will for our lives, then our words need to agree with his words. The words out of my mouth should agree with the written word of God if I want to start seeing God's best happen in my life. And so even if you've been going through it, man, I'm telling you tonight, 
start speaking faith over that thing and don't let it get into your heart. Amen. All right, let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. Praise the Lord. Have we received anything from the word of God tonight? Amen. Well, on the third Wednesday night of the month, uh, we do communion. Uh, we want to make sure that everybody in the congregation always gets a chance to take communion at least once a month. And so uh, as we take communion tonight, you don't have to be a member of High Desert Word Center to, to take communion. You just need to be a member of the family of God. You need to have Jesus in your heart. And so I'm going to lead us in a prayer together this evening and give you that opportunity if you've never received Jesus. And uh, then we're going to receive communion together. So can we bow our heads and close our eyes together tonight? Say this with me. Father, in Jesus' name, I believe in your son, Jesus. I believe that he died, that he rose again. Jesus, give me the strength to live for you. My life is yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give the Lord some praise together tonight? Hallelujah. Amen. If you're here and you said that prayer and maybe this was your first time receiving Jesus or maybe you had at one point but you kind of walked away and now you're coming back, well, I'd like you to see me after the service and we could talk a little bit more and make sure that, uh, you know, we can help you stay on the right path. Amen. Uh, let's go ahead and we're going to come up and get the communion elements. And so how we do it around here is come up and receive the elements from one of the ushers. Then you can make your way back to your spot. And if you could remain standing once you get there, we will receive communion together. And anybody watching online, I encourage you uh, to get maybe some bread and some juice, and you could receive it at home with us. Well, as we head into communion tonight, especially after a message like that, that was maybe a little bit challenging, uh, you know, sometimes we got to rough you up a little bit and, and talk about some stuff. Well, I want to read this to you before we uh, take communion here. First Corinthians 11 and verse 27, it tells us, so anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself or judge yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That's why many of you are weak and sick. Some have even died. But if we would examine ourselves, we would not be judged by God in this way. 
And so tonight, as we receive the communion elements in just a minute, we're going to take a minute together uh, to just quietly talk to the Lord where you're at and examine yourself. If there's some things that you need to change, listen, talk to him about it. Let's work on this. Uh, If there's some things you need to repent about and say, God, I've been wrong. Maybe the Lord's telling you some things you need to do that you haven't been doing. Either way, now's our time to talk to the Lord. Amen. First Corinthians 11 and verse 23. For I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread and gave thanks to God for it. Then he broke it in pieces and said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to remember me. So tonight we take this bread and, and we understand that it, it's not literally the body of Christ, but it does represent the body of Christ. And he said that it was broken for us. And so Jesus, we do this tonight in remembrance of you. And in the same way, he took the cup of wine after supper saying, this cup is the new covenant between God and his people an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this to remember me as often as you drink it. And so, Jesus, tonight as we take this, we thank you for the blood that paid the price for our sins. And Lord, now we know that we can be assured that we're going to heaven as we've called upon you and received the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I'm going to have our prayer team come up quickly tonight. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything at all, well, we would love to, to join up and pray with you this evening and uh, just be there for you. If Again, as we always say, if you're here and you don't need prayer, well, then praise God. But what we would ask is that you would stay reverent and uh, and be in agreement for those that are receiving prayer and that you would just worship God there for just a few minutes as we minister to those that need it. Amen. So Pastor Josh, go ahead and lead us in some worship. I am holding on to faith Cause I know you'll make a way I don't always understand 
I don't always get to see, but I will believe it. I will believe it. Cause you make mountains move, you make giants fall, you use songs of praise to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now I am standing on your word Calling heaven down to earth You will fight my enemies This will end in victory And I will believe it Yes, I will believe it Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh yes, I know that I know You never will And I know that I know you never fail And I know that I know You never will Cause you make mountains move You make giants fall You use songs of praise To shake prison walls I will speak to my fear I will preach to my doubt That you were faithful then You'll be faithful now You were faithful then You'll be faithful now And I know that I know You never fail Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will. And I know that I know you never fail. Oh, yes, I know that I know you never will. Because you make mountains move. You make giants fall You use songs of praise 
to shake prison walls. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. And you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. And you were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You make mountains move. You make giants fall. You use songs of praise. To shake prison walls, I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. We're going to go ahead and close things out tonight. We went a little bit over, uh, a little bit over time for you tonight, amen, but I believe it was a really good night. So um, remember that the taco drive through dinner is on Friday night. You can grab some tickets back there at the Harvest Fest uh, booth back there and any other information that you need for Harvest Fest. It's all back there. So praise God. Let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll close out with our Barstow Faith Confession, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word tonight. And Lord, I know that you're getting our attention. You're, you're kind of, uh, you know, you're kind of giving us a wake-up call, Lord. And so I, I just pray that our hearts are receptive uh, to your word, Lord. And you just said that as a sower went to sow seed, some fell on, on hard ground, some fell on a ground that was full of rocks, some was on a ground that was uh, just shallow dirt. But then you said some of the seed, that that farmer threw out, it fell on good, soft ground that received it, and it, it produced the crop that it was supposed to produce. And so, Lord, I thank you that we have those soft hearts to receive the word of God. And, Lord, we are producing the 100-fold return on the word that's been sowed into us, Lord. We love you so much, and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's say it together. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this week.